Fashion Lab Africa. Real conversations, real fashion. Welcome to this show. Uh, we are here again live and direct. You know this is where we hold it down every Tuesday between 7 and 9 p.m. Central African time. And here we are to just sort of unpack these conversations around the business behind fashion. Now on today's show, we're going to let our hair down a little bit. Mm-hmm, you heard me. Let our hair down a little bit as we do um, at the end of every month. And just to sort of focus on the last five shows. So we want to, we call it the, I call it the recap episode. You can call it the let your hair down hashtag you can call it anything the ice cream episode but this is that episode um now there's so much information we share on fashion lab radio and i think that you know i almost want to call it information overload and i think personally that the best way to actually retain information is to sort of pose as you go along take a few steps back and just sort of highlight where you know what's happening or what's been happening and that's why i'm doing this so you can call it a glass of red wine if you want like me you can call it whatever you want to call it uh what's really cool about this recap show is also that you are welcome to call in and actually ask your questions because we get so busy we've got so many mouths strong mouths in the show normally generally that time just flies and we don't really get a chance to engage you as the listener so while you're listening to night live uh you are welcome to actually plug in share with us some of those um sort of questions or sort of um whatever it is whether it's feedback whether it's questions tell us what you're thinking uh based on the shows that have run before if there's anything that you think we left out or if there's anything that you want to add on obviously we'll answer or we'll try to answer in the best way we know how now just to re- recap on the shows we'll also be touching um and opening up on briefly i'm gonna the five shows so just you know brace yourself fasten your seatbelt, get your popcorn the first is gonna be styling and uh, it's role uh, where we sort of spoke uh, with a couple of fashion stylists. We spoke with UK-based senior stylist Nicolette Bosch. We also spoke with Latoya Johnson, who's a Kenya-based stylist. Uh, the second topic we are going to sort of brush through is music and fashion and fashion and music, where we had Miss Udwak, um, and I think we really unpacked this amazing uh, conversations, and uh, she brought in also that strong fashion law and music law element in it, which is also very important. Guys, if you want to move forward in this industry, you've got to think about that then we've got the third topic which is around photography which uh was a very cool show i felt like i was at home because we're joined by some of our really cool or my cool friend photographers but it's also good that you know so we had kenyan-based photographer emmanuel jumbo we had new york-based photographer for drug inc don thompson and we also had essay-based photographer uh for reflection nine georgia Gronwald. so that was also a really interesting one the fourth topic we're gonna sort of open up uh, a bit again on is the fashion in film and television i think which is also a really great show really great insights we're joined by sawita which is bongani and fulani sibeko of sawita we were joined by south african actress kim cloet she allows me to call her that and then we were also joined by rebi sasing who's one of the exec producers at the real housewives of johannesburg i think that that was a really important um conversation or topic one more thing is the last topic is going to be what we talked about last week so it's a sort of a glance at the east african fashion market uh specifically focusing on kenya we were joined by a founder of tds uh Wanjiko Nyoike mugo and we we're also joined by her fashion correspondent 
for TDS, Natalie Kimani. And I think that that was a very insightful, cool conversation too. Now you're tuned into the Fashion Lab Radio where we hold it down here. Um, this is where we have to have these conversations. Everyone say we talk long. We have to talk long, guys. I know Africa is really like well known for talking and storytelling. Storytelling, hashtag Africa. But I think that it's even better and it's more um, um, elevating when we actually use our storytelling skills to talk about ways that we can actually leverage um, the creative economy with a specific focus on fashion, obviously moving through other um, economies and industries. Lastly, uh, we do have, um, before I get into deep into the show, we do have a new segment that I want to introduce today. Um, but we want to uh, introduce our regular, you'd know, uh, our regular contributor and partner, Edgy Benson, who runs anyway New York with his Echoes from New York. Um, Edgy, are you here with us? Welcome to the show. Yeah, how are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm good. It's cold in New York, but I'm good. Boy, I was going to say, you know what? I can send you my shawl. Or, uh, in, in other words, get on the next flight to Africa. It's blazing. <laughs> I mean, you should see what Oda has on in the studio. I thought we were in Miami Beach for a minute, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm not doing I bad myself. <laughs> but I envy you. I know, but what are you wearing? Who made your clothes? And do not, please surprise me today. It's a nice day for surprises. If Today, it's, if it's not the regular, it not, it's, it's cold and I'm working from home. So I am not wearing very fashionable things today. I'm in my PGs today. And oh, just. Edgy, edgy, wait. Are you really like. I thought we could be creative in this industry. What are you wearing? Oh. I'm asking again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing a really fancy pair of PGs from Ralph Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> They are fancy though. Well, you know what? Since they are fancy, please could you just promise us one thing that you'll actually take a little selfie and just sort of share it with us so we can see how fancy it is? Then we don't then we I don't will. throw stones. I will. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Edgy. We are also joined um on this show by a really special guest. Um she's not a guest, but she's a guest. So you know normally for the first times we want to call them guests. Um, so take the privilege and appreciate this, madam. Um, she is uh, our new addition on the show with our fashion alert, um, which is going to be sort of just giving you guys a dose of some news um, and just keeping you up with what's going on in the fashion industry. Because prom I promise you, between me, Edgy, and the rest, I don't know who can do it. We we've got too much on our plates. But Bali is a South African admitted attorney by profession. She's a director of Pearl Africa and the founder of Pearl Africa Network. Um, Bali... I want to say this name and I don't want to murder it. Please do not shoot me, please. <laughs> Bali Entle. Entle. <laughs> you <God>. did it. <laughs> Bali Entle. Edgy, stop laughing as if you can do it. Okay? So Bali Entle is joining us. Bali Entle Joko. Yes. Um, she's joining us here. Um, and I think that it's really cool. Um, she's got a love for beauty, fashion, and media. And this is what sort of has led her to becoming a digital content creator. She's got her own YouTube channel. You'll check it out. We'll also share the links. And her mantra is Carp Diem, which means the, seize the day. Yes. If you don't remember anything else on this show, guys, remember that. Carpe but Bali, wel welcome to the show. And thank, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so who are you wearing and who made your clothes? You know, no one's exempt to that. <laughs> okay, well, unlike Eji, I'm not wearing a very fancy outfit. But I am wearing a black dress 
from um, Identity. I can say the brand, right? Yes. <laughs> and I'm wearing um, a shirt, a very uh, casual shirt. It's striped red and white, and it is from Legit. And yeah, I'm just wearing some nice uh, black shoes. They are clogs, and yeah. That's and what I'm feeling wearing. comfortable. Well, welcome so much to the show. Um, thank you for joining us. Um, I think, like I said, it's always nice to uh, have extra elements that sort of come in and bring that uh, fashion energy um, into the space. Uh, Edgy, you guys can connect later. I know you're wondering who she is, and I know I didn't give you a heads up, but don't worry, we're in safe hands. Uh, for those of you who are tuned for the first time, stay tuned to catch up with our wine style guide, where we sort of touch base with everything stylish about wine and fashion, which go hand in hand. Actually, wine and style, which go hand in hand. Last reminder, I've got my favorite segment at the end of the show called Who Would You Want to Dress? And it's a very cool segment. It's the last one. So obviously we have fun on that one. So if you care, you can also sort of share with us your who's and your why's. Um, uh, we are on Twitter at Fashion Lab AF. We're on Facebook on Fashion Lab Africa. We are also on Fashion Lab Africa on Instagram. We definitely want to hear from you. We would love to hear what you think about this show. We'd also love to hear what else you want to hear so we can make it happen. This is called the recap episode. We sort of do this so that we can help you retain information considering your concentration spans these days. But anyway, let's just move on to our next segment. Bali Entley with the Fashion Alert. Welcome to the show again. We appreciate you joining the team and uh, bring us on to what's going on. Okay, so uh, welcome to Fashion Alerts with Mbalintle. Um, tonight we're going to Congo, we're going to the UK, and then we're going to Spain. That's the news that I have for you today. <laughs> <laughs> Take us, honey. It's December. Oh, it's December. Let's go. Okay, so the first story is about Superdry. So basically, two students have accused Superdry of basically stealing their designs. So these students say that um, after they won a competition, um, Superdry released on their new line items of clothing which are exactly similar to what they had designed during their time at Superdry. So basically the one is a hoodie which is a puffer jacket and then the other one says that her uh, sketch that she designed during her time at Superdry is what they used. So uh, these ladies posted this on social media, it got people talking, it got a lot of attention with people basically saying well if you have a problem why don't you just take it up the legal way, why don't you sue them and then Superdry responded basically by saying that their designs are made and designed based on what trains are asking for, what the market is asking for basically and what the consumer is asking for at the time. They said that this quote that uh, the one student is saying that she designed is nothing new basically. They already had it during their autumn um, winter look in 2016 and this was actually before she actually joined um, Superdry. So they're saying we already had this, there's no way that we could have stolen it from you or used your design if we had already been doing it okay. since 2016. Okay. So Okay, but did they steal it? I don't know. I mean, what we can do is we can <laughs> we can put this post up on our Twitter socials and we can let the public decide and have a look at it and tell us, do they think it was stolen or do they think this is just a regular jacket and a coat that any other person can make? I don't know. They'll have to decide. Edgy, any feedback on that or any comment or do you want to keep your comments quiet, Edgy? Should, should they really be proud that Superdry stole from them? Sir? I, I don't know. I, I think, I mean, 
it, it's something to be proud of. I mean, Superdry is a big brand. Um, and they, I think the problem lies in that they weren't credited for their work. They actually just wanted to be credited. They wanted Superdry to acknowledge that this is something that was designed by these students. And they didn't get that. So it's just, yeah, it stems from that. Really. Guys, give credit where it's due. If you know what's better for you, otherwise you, you go... You go suffer. Uh-huh. You go suffer. You go suffer. You go suffer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's, what, what else is happening? All right. And this is another one. So Superdry is not the only brand that is in trouble. Uh, Lueve, which is a luxury fashion brand based in Spain. They're also in a bit of trouble. They've had to apologize to the public and they've had to uh, remove a certain garment off their range off online completely because you won't believe it but in 2019 there are still mistakes that happen like this so basically this um is that a mistake or is that that's not a mistake come on mama let's let's school call it what it is okay okay (laughs) okay so what happened was what happened was There's an item of um, clothing that was designed, which is a pants and a shirt. And it has basically vertical lines designed on it. And it's a button-down shirt and pants. And this outfit resembles or it looks strikingly similar to the garments and the outfits that were worn by the victims of the Holocaust. So there was major outcry on social media, people saying this is insensitive, how can a big brand not notice something like this that I mean, this is insensitive. Guys, I'm sorry, but those people who are doing those stripe things, just show us what you're wearing, you're probably wearing one of those two. (laughs) That's probably (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, this whole stripe thing, I mean like, show me a hundred, a thousand, a million stripes and then how do we differentiate them? Come on guys, can we start focusing on some real, some real, maybe we need some focus on real intricate print that you can say I'm coming to slap you with a lawsuit. Why? Because <laughs> see, you took my print. Which one? Come on, not those stripes. Well, it was the stripes and the stripes got the people going. So anyway, Lueve issued an apology. They put it out on their Instagram and they took down the products from their website. They are no longer available and they said that it was never the intention to really offend anyone and be insensitive to the victims of the Holocaust. So, good on them I guess. And I did tell you that I will take you to Congo. And and unlike the other stories, this is a good story. So basically, yesterday, the 25th of November, was International Day of Elimination of Violence Against Women. So 15 uh, rape survivors, who are also Congolese women, took to the streets of Kinyasha in Congo. And they modeled on the streets on a catwalk in designer outfits, which were designed by a Dutch textile firm and five other African designers. And they modeled uh, these outfits and these designs in commemoration of they're basically just fighting for their their power taking back their narrative so from victims to survivors so from being raped to using their story as a good platform as saying we're powerful we're strong and we're not this story that you've made us so i'm really proud of this this is a good boom i like boom. that news there's some good news in the world guys there's some and good news in the world and it's in africa what do you know so very well done to congo and um yeah big ups to these ladies i mean we cannot not applaud something like this so from myself Mbalentle, thank you so much that was all for this week's fashion alert i will chat to you next week gosh you would deserve a popcorn treat or something (laughs) 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 well guys that is the news with mbali and i think she's done great i think i really like that um congo thing we're gonna put up some of these links up so you can see and catch up with what we think is newsworthy now we're gonna start 
with stylists and their role that was one of the topics out of the five that we're going to sort of unpack and we're just brushing through but just a reminder of what we've been talking about and for those who care um this is great to just touch base now on this show we were joined by senior stylist nicolette bosch uh kenya-based stylist latoya johnston and we're just talking about styling i think the whole idea was to really unpack because like i said and i still believe it that i think personally that fashion stylists are the most underrated or the styling element uh, of the value chain is the most underestimated or underrated um, part of the value chain that's my two cents you can say you can share what you think about you uh, about this but the reason we unpacked this was to really bring it up to sort of um introduce for those of you who are wondering what's the importance why stylists why do they even exist is to tell you what they do to sort of break it down um some call them fashion stylists some call them wardrobe stylists whatever you want to call them these are the people responsible for sort of crafting and coordinating wardrobe for photo shoots uh for you for your acting for your wedding for whatever it is for your tv set and your film set they go way 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 far and the truth of the matter is without the stylist I don't know how you can complete that story because they really, really do a lot to bring that story to life. Um, so I'm curious about Edgy, any two cents around this before we open this lineup to our listeners? Because remember, I told you guys it is your day. And if you have any questions around styling, uh, if you have already tuned into that podcast and you have questions or you have concerns or if there's anything else that you want to share with us, this is the time. But before that, Edgy, Anything to share with us on the styling and the role of stylists? I was saying, like that we talked about how it is important for designers to realize that, yes, we design the clothes, but style is also a big part of how we can tell that story. And for us to be free and to allow ourselves to let the stylists reinterpret what we're thinking, you know? Because sometimes they get it better than we do in terms of how a garment gets styled. And so... We talked about how designers should allow themselves to uh, be free and not feel uh, intimidated or, or maybe overridden by, by the stylist because I think together we can tell this story better. Um, I agree with you, Edgy. Um, I think it was a very powerful topic and I also think that the topic was even more powerful because of the fact that we had Nicolette bringing in her insights from the UK and then we had Latoya bringing in <coughs> her insights from Kenya. Styling is still styling at the end of the day. It's just that stylists from different regions are dealing with different issues and also dealing with different it's not all about challenges that we want to focus on here but it's just different dynamics basically based on your regions now i'm going to open the line up for any callers or any uh feedback let's let's hear what anybody wants to sort of share um hi my name is nusipo and i'm from centurion um, my question is about the week of uh, Styling 101. I just want to ask, um, in this day and age and time of uh, digitalization and basically the replacement of the human aspect in all and almost all professions, do you think in the future maybe stylists could be replaced by a styling program or software or app maybe? You know, like how you can go on Pinterest and search for looks and such so i just wanted to find out what your thoughts on that are thank you so much 
Wow, that's a very powerful question. <laughs> and considering we don't have the head senior stylists in the house. But anyway, it's, it is a question that's really um, something we can definitely all relate to here in the studio. And I think that we, it's true that, you know, we have uh, shifted to the digital um, space. Uh, Edu, when you think about the conversations we had around uh, technology with Matilda, the Matilda group, uh, with the Matilda Smart Mirror, that was basically your stylist re- being replaced by the mirror, right? I mean, wouldn't we say that's that's an example of one? Well, of it's it's one way, but I think she raises a very important question. But I, the, this is it's a bit of a conundrum. I think fashion is tactile; you need to touch and feel, right? Uh, just being digital, you lose that. Of course, it's important. It's the way we are going, but I think just having a program like pinterest is there but it will never replace a stylist it's been there for years you know but so edgy hold on edgy but we i spoke about the forget about pinterest i also said leave pinterest on the side let's talk about the real big big the big things right now the big things no. are the, are the, the smart, matilda smart mirror that's a real big thing and and no, please, no, I get, I and guess, please let's and edgy that. please do not tell me please that you just also think that that's not relevant please no no no, no. I'm, not, I'm not going to go there because that serves a dual purpose that one serves the purpose of of styling of you imagining how you would look in a style and uh, it advises you on your shopping you know how just on your shopping i on your shopping thoughts a little bit but the stylist is totally a different thing though you know the stylist is us it, 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 it's us being creative with an idea in three dimensions in in real in real in real time you know that styling is a little bit different it's not about buying the item it's just about styling matilda and the rest they want you to buy the item yes they but edgy what they've also done it. let's just add on let me just add on what they've also done with the smart mirror and any other apps mm-hmm. that are there's a lot of apps now in the market but what they've done that i have to commend them on is it's not you say that it's just clothes it's not just clothes because what they've done is they're selling you clothes already styled in a way that you can actually buy everything that John that you know everything from head to toe and actually make it work. So so we can't I still don't think we can knock off the apps that have come up that are doing that because people are lazy. You think that everybody care about walking into a store edge today and just trying on clothes and trying to figure out what am I going to wear with that skirt, which blouse is it going to be, which heels when apps like the matilda smart mirror is giving you everything from head to toe and if it makes sense and it looks good you will take it and you have eliminated the stylist in that process yeah but you've just you've just made my point though the thing is for for matilda and all of these apps to be effective they've got to be able to style it in a way that moves you and to do that they have to work with stylists so they still have to work you can't really eliminate the stylist whether whichever way we go that human instinct of styling is still super important. Even what we see everywhere is still by style by somebody who sat down and thought about how to put this look together. Yeah, you know? true. The, the true. computer won't do that. I agree, you know? Baba. I will not fight yeah. you anymore. I agree. No, Sipo, that's a very good question, and I hope that this answers your question. And we're not at war. We just like to compare notes. Um, <laughs> intensely (laughs) so that we can at least agree so you're right when edgy says and edgy i think that's a great point is even if the apps come in there's still a stylist who's creating that stuff behind the scenes to be able to make sure that it makes sense so again i don't know do you guys think um 
Instagram, you guys are watching. Do you think that stylists will be able to uh, be replaced by apps at some point? Let us know. Share your thoughts with us. We'd love to hear from you. All right, guys. I think that... Um, is there any other... Yes, Edgy, come on. I was, I was going to irritate you a little bit by saying that stylists are like fashion wings. They're never going to go away. <laughs> Edgy, do not hurt my nerves. We are on barely made the first hour of the show, please. So let's just keep that in the bag and bring it out when we are almost done and we are really unwinding. Um, but I really think that these are really good, good points. And I love that, you know, our listeners are also um, quite... Um, woke and switched on that level where their questions are not those bad questions and silly questions i wasn't expecting but anyway guys do not be discouraged by that comment if you have a strong question you need to bring it up is there any other uh, okay there's one more caller okay let's bring up the next hi guys nicolette has mentioned how people literally screenshots photos of garments from pinterest instagram facebook or other social media um networks and i think some of us are guilty of this and naturally we would go to designers uh, and stylists asking for the exact same thing um however one can also argue and say this um hinders um the growth in fashion and the evolution in fashion so how do you think one can get over this hurdle as a stylist and a designer this culture of copying looks from social social media that's a very very good question edgy i want you to go first on this because i also want to give it a flip at the end i want to chop top it up with some cherries when you finish so what I, what i want to say is this it is not really that bad you know it is not bad to look to take a look from pinterest or instagram that you like because fashion is always a reference point. Yes, we have to be super fresh, but super fresh sometimes revolves around references. So if Instagram or Pinterest or any other app allows you to have reference points for your styling, it's fine. It's not really depressing fashion in that way. It's helping designers to think differently also. Every designer is now challenged with this whole thing. Like everything is, the consumer is, flooded with all kinds of images all kinds there's nothing you can think of that they have not looked they have not seen but it also makes you want to think do you dump it down do you go high do you go low you know there are always these little crevices that we could find to fit ourselves in but this is what this does it challenges us to get better but it also educates the cost the consumers immensely and we all gain from it so i don't I don't think it's bad for us. I think it's good. And anyway, even if it's bad, we can't fight it. It's where we are, you know. Edgy, I like that. Com I like that comment. I I, I wanted to ask you also. Do you do you from? She also spoke about the uh, economy and how this sort of um, impacts the economy or the development of this industry. What is your two cents on that? For me, it's, it's the same thing. Okay, so. Pinterest might take away from me as a designer, take away my influences, right? Or take away what I've created and someone else recreates it and sells it. Well, that person gets a living. That's one way to look at it. Yes, I get really mad at it that somebody has stolen my work and is selling and living and maybe I'm not selling. But in a sense, though, we have developed, we've developed a culture in some way where that guy can eat, right? And we've also created an awareness for a particular idea that I had. So you can look at it from that point because I feel like we should dwell on the positives that we find in this situation because this whole new technology curve is new for everybody and we're all trying to, to, to fit in, trying to find our way around it and to live in it. But it's this, but we can't get out of it. So we all can only live in it. 
you know so we have to find the positives of course we're going to find ways to deal with what we don't like about it but i think it's not really impacting in a bad way in terms of the the growth of the of the industry actually it's exposing more people to fashion to fashion ideas people want to to sell clothes more people want to make clothes more people want to sell clothes more people are more influenced how to dress even in the village they now have pinterest to look at so i don't think it affects us that badly i'm not saying it doesn't in it it doesn't have some adverse effects but i'm generally in generally not feeling bad about it <laughs> okay well that makes the two of us edgy you're not feeling bad about it i'm not feeling bad about it and i love this conversation because last week when we actually touched on the currency chew in east africa uh joined by wanjiko nyoike and natalie kimani and we were just unpacking this whole thing where they're like everyone wants majority of people want to take their fabric to the tailor down the street and the truth of the matter is if you're pissed off as a designer that that's happening and you're probably feeling like your business is not leveraging itself um in the level that you sort of foresaw I feel like you should actually start appreciating that on the flip side because it still elevates the economy. Like you said, it still means that John or Onyango can go put food on their family's table and you know they can be able to run their little thing. It may not be uh any in New York, it may not be Lisa Gumba, it may not be David Clyley, but it is their own thing and it's still fashion whether you like it or not that is a part of the fashion value chain so thank you very much for that question that was a really um important question but i would also like to encourage the consumer i mean if you can afford it why are you going down the street to the corner why don't you just go to the fashion house and actually order your piece from them so if you if you can afford it it's fine if you can only afford the little tailor down the street but if you can afford it go and empower the other bigger brands who are trying to be bigger as well anyway one more question Hi everyone, my name is Precious and my question relates to the fashion industry. Um I a couple of times when I do traditional um attires, outfits, it's inspired by pictures that I've seen on Pinterest. That's why I usually search for ideas if I don't have um my own and then I take it to the designer to um make the dress but obviously that dress was originally designed by somebody else and i don't know how this impacts on the original fashion designer's um work and whether we're allowed to um basically just have someone else make that exact same design thank you precious that's a great question but i think it's also a bit similar to the other question we just brought up So I think f- for us what we will say Edge do you not agree that you know it really applies it applies in the same way. So um, Yeah, I was I was sorry. I was second you on that. I I don't think she should feel bad at all. I I I think uh, Edge she should feel bad. What are you talking about? No. no wait, uh, 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 wait, 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 wait. The thing is this, right? I think we are okay. So you are saying that so she likes the John Galliano dress that is like what $6,000, right? and she she's able to copy it okay <laughs> mm-hmm. she lives in africa is able to copy it and she feels good about it yeah i feel bad that she's copying it but i don't think that it really takes <laughs> a dent it makes a dent you know and she feels good so i mean that's fashion impact right that's fashion impact in her life in some way that makes her happy yes of course as as Believe it or not when she makes money she's going to want to buy the original but at this point she wants to feel original she wants to feel good and uh, you know I think it's great therapy 
Okay, guys, as you just said, that you can copy every design and stuff you want. <laughs> no, I didn't say and, that. <laughs> and that it's okay if it makes you feel good. And one day when you have money, just buy the original. So, I mean, that's just coming from AJ Benson right here at Fashion Lab, where we are sort of doing a recap of uh, different shows that we've had within the first, uh, within the past five, four or five weeks. Um, but that's fashion styling. I want to put those questions on hold and we'll continue them on Twitter and run on and move on to the next topic. Uh, but for those of you who missed that show, it is definitely up on the podcast. Check it out and share your thoughts. It's open and we can always receive your comments and your thoughts as we go along. Um, the second, oh, by, by the way, you know, there's always a t fashion lab top three. Uh, I'm just going to throw it out there. Think about body shapes. Think about skin tone. Think about style personality. Those are some of your guidelines when it comes to styling and how you can be able to play in that. Let's move into music and fashion, fashion and music. We were joined by Miss Duak, who's an author, lawyer, speaker and journalist. And this was that show that sort of highlighted music and fashion, fashion and music. And obviously because of the fact that there's a significant uh, sort of relationship between fashion and music. And it's quite easy to understand since we can all say yes to the dress of music and fashion um it's obviously been a long uh around for long for many years um when you look at the ifpi's um 2019 global music report that uh, global recorded music they said the global recorded music market grew by 9.7 percent in 2018 the fourth consecutive year of growth and then figures released in the ifpi's global music report to 2019 actually show a total revenue for 2018 at 19.1 billion usd guys that's how big then we've got the fashion industry which has grown at 5.5 percent annually according to the mckinsey global fashion index now worth an estimated 2.4 trillion ranking at the world's seventh largest economy so it's just nice to also know guys some detail and some st statistics around um this conversation so that while we are having them you can also look at it from that angle and see how big the industries are it's obviously undeniable that fashion and music go hand in hand uh you know you think as soon as a trend is spotted within the music industry whether it's in urban sounds or revivals of sort of electronic sounds you can definitely guarantee that this uh, will sort of partially be followed by the same trend popping up in fashion in some way or another so I would like to open up first of all let's maybe just open up the questions any questions because our priority today is you the listener if you have any questions um whatsapp call now we are open and let's start hey team my name is lisa and i have a question for you guys up until now fashion brands have tended to focus on visual and written content to support their brand building efforts rather than looking further afield to content focused on music in this area there are a handful of brands that are really leading the way using music as a powerful weapon in their content marketing arsenal so my question is how can fashion retailers use music to amplify their brand image thank you lisa thank you so much for that comment what is your two cents um edgy around this um this conversation let me throw it to you first well when we had this this topic we talked about it we talked about how it is it is it would be really good for us as designers and for musicians to work together meaning we have to identify certain musicians that we feel uh, close to our vision like our design ideas you know because not every not every musician is 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 a good fit but once that 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 realization is is done is accepted uh once you've come to that realization we should make 
conscious efforts, you know, from both the stores and the designers. I think music and fashion are just so almost inseparable, you know. Um, it's the only way that, for me, I feel like music is a big way that fashion gets seen. The musicians are very, very, very popular. Everybody looks at them. So that that marriage is just, you know, you can't beat it, you know. Uh, but it takes it will take effort and it will take us working at those things to to like we talked at the when we were having the conversation is us making conscious efforts to create the relationships that we need in that space you know i think edgy personally i would say that it's uh, what i find really unfortunate is how things people want to force things so when i say people want to force things is why do you want to force every musician to synergize with a fashion brand and a fashion brand to synergize with a music brand when they don't care not everybody cares about that synergy and even though yes we have said and we agree that it's a yin yang situation i don't think your feedback around encouraging or seeing more of that i think that's a bit unrealistic i think that everyone should stick to their lane and i think that those who are if you're multifaceted and you're probably like me and you're a brand like myself and you play in both fields and you love it and you can bring it to life and bring the synergy into it and and you do it effortlessly and it's fine and it works then fine but i think that fashion brands should focus on what they're doing and if they like the music element then there's ways that they can incorporate that without forcing it down music throats because not every musician wants to fuse with fashion either what's your two cents on that what i'm trying to say is this i think what she says is what efforts are we willing to make on both ends to create these synergies because sometimes you can just walk past the synergies without wanting to create them but do we do we commit to creating them because they are there but we I can only commit to creating what we want to create edgy but because these are vital though especially for a fashion <laughs> brand edgy are you it's forcing fashion. everyone to, like i don't understand you're forcing the industries to merge by force because it's time and edgy said so or what is this no i'm just saying we should stick to because it's good we should stick those synergies just because each of them packs a lot of eyes you know a lot of a lot of uh, each of them aggregates a lot of eyes designers aggregate eyes musicians aggregate eyes so when we put that together product identity becomes pretty easy you know i think that what i've seen a lot is now you know you've got a lot of uh, brands who anytime there's a fashion week everybody because you know how everyone likes to do things at the same time here and everyone's now doing it and it's cool and it's the trend and if you don't have a musician performing on your stage as a fashion brand then you're probably dead so i see that that is happening and I appreciate it. I mean, at least it's a so, sort of some sort of effort to show that this um, music fashion relationship is actually alive. It just needs to be nurtured. But I'm just saying that besides that, I don't think it's something that can be forced. And if it doesn't become a big thing, synergy-wise, if the industries are not paying attention to it, then they need to just continue doing what they're doing. Let them create the new collection. Let the other one create his new album. It's okay. Like, seriously. It's not going to change the price of milk. It's not going to change the fact that there's hungry people dying of hunger right now every every minute. I think that there's really bigger <laughs> problems <laughs> to think about and how we can actually shift. Edgy, I'm not knocking you off, but for our listener who called, um, I think that that type of um, question goes way far and I don't know if we can give you one answer in the studio today 
Edu, do you want to give her like a <laughs> to go? No, I mean my 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 um my my answer to her. I I do believe what she's saying. I do believe that retail fashion retail should make some effort. I think the designers are making efforts. I'm not so sure fashion retail is making that much effort. Also, so maybe we need fashion retail as a space in fashion needs to make up make make that step. The the good thing about that is that. If a fashion store, for instance, collaborates with, has fine synergies with a particular musician, remember everybody who shops at that store and everybody who listens to that musician now have a confluence point, you know, and that's good for either, you know. So I think we should try. Yeah, it's you know? good. I agree with you. Trying is always a good idea. Um, I just really feel like the attention, the attention to the creative economy here in the continent, is. It leaves me speechless. It's not there. It barely exists, and it's such a big um, economy. So, I'm just saying, like you're saying, trying is not bad. Uh, maybe finding strategies of how to make it happen without people feeling or without either industry feeling like we are forcing them to do something that they actually don't do. I don't know, but yeah, that's just one of those over there. I think let's just move on. Can we get the next caller with another question, please? Hi, um, you speaking to Uzama? I'm calling from Cape Town. My question is: um, so over the years, we've observed artists across the globe that are creating and selling fashion merchandise items, like in anticipation for their concerts, events, or shows. And um, those items usually consist of things like T-shirts, caps, and hoodies. Um, for example, in America, Kanye West has created an entire fashion label which is inspired by his music so like do you think that african artists can do more to tap into the fashion space on a more permanent or long-term basis by not only just creating merchandise for that specific event but rather time this pieces um like kanye west is done in america i think that the fashion synergy when it comes to what a lot of um music brands and i say a lot i'm not talking about each every music brand i find that their sense of style is not really they're not they're not they're not fashion they're music first a lot of them so what happens is they push out these pieces just to merchandise when there is a festival when they're on tour it's just merchandising and it's just about being able to profit you know to make some profit or monetize out of the brand as an extension so they're detailed to the t-shirts and the hoodies for me that i'm not saying that's not fashion i'm just saying it's not there's different levels of fashion it's not the intricate fashion like you know when you look at you know fashion brands who are coming up with collections and really doing this thing on a whole another level while you've got some people with like t-shirts and hoodies on the corner because they are performing and i'm not knocking them off i'm just saying I just find that first of all is a bit tired for me like if I see one more t-shirt and hoodie I'm just going to fall over but you know that's just my two cents but it's a good thing that at least they're trying <laughs> to have something there that has some clothing with their branding in it so I think that it's good that that's happening and I think that for this topic that was a great synergy and that was a great sort of that's a real um example of how music is trying to get into fashion um and then and vice versa well not advice versa i just think can we get away from the baseball caps and like hoodies and t-shirts and start doing some more intricate pieces that's all i'm saying but like you know it's not bad but you know come on i'm tired of like the t-shirts mm, for me i think there are some musicians in africa that have been able to create some really good legacies around them and i think they can actually 
they can actually carry a brand and it's not bad you know uh, it's just finding the right musicians uh, the right designers to collaborate and once you do the collaborations finding the right products that fit the, the, because it may not be suits it may it may just be a set of casuals it may just be a denim thing it's just finding the right products that fit the right musician and the and and, and, and and the designer in this collaboration but i think it would be good to do this because what it does is like it, it extends the brand it extends the fashion brand extends the, the designer's uh, legacy as a brand i mean the the, the the musician's legacy as a brand these are all little things that happen to, to grow an industry so if we find ways to do this if we encourage ourselves to do it especially in the continent <laughs> you'd be amazed like how catalytic it will be in in, in terms of what it creates you know? it, so I'm, yeah go ahead no i'm saying that i think to her question we could do better we could do more uh, some musicians are good enough are strong enough to carry a brand I think that a lot of brands, music brands, are strong enough anyway to carry brands. So that, for me, is not my, that's not my concern. There's no question about the strong music brands in this continent. But I'll tell you something. The biggest problem in this continent is we do not collaborate. Everybody wakes up with a dream like Martin Luther and they want to fly in the sky and they hold it to their chest and it's my thing. Even when 100% of zero is zero. So I think for me... One of the things I would like to say is I agree with you, Edgy, that the collaborations will take us forward and will help us develop. And that whole synergy between the fashion and music can actually develop both industries. However, God, can I not see another hoodie? <laughs> Listen, however, we have to collaborate, guys. I'm sorry. There's no if we don't have a spirit of collaboration, there's nothing. I don't know how far we're going to go. And the music brands in this continent, I say it again, are very strong. So whatever it is, if a brand came out to them to collaborate with them, they will fly. That's no, I'm not worried about that. My concern is collaboration, the spirit of it, and the um, ability to be able to look at other brands and sort of cross, cross and create fire. And, you know, cross in whatever way and create fire. Because we are fire. It's fire. And two is more fire than one, honey. But anyway... I also love the fact that for those who didn't catch this show, Miss Uduak really opened up this topic um, from a fashion and music law perspective. And uh, the fashion and music law is a very important part of our industries. You can't ignore it. For us to be able to move anywhere and to develop this, we have to be conscious or cognizant of the fact that there are laws and we have to, we just have to go with that flow like dead fish, unfortunately. But yeah, that's just how it is. Now we're moving on to talk about uh, the third sort of brushing through the third topic which is photography uh, now on this show we were joined by Emmanuel Jumbo who's a Kenya based photographer we were joined by Don Thompson who's a New York based photographer for Dracking we were also joined by SA based photographer for Reflection 9 Georgia Gronwald and because in every two minutes we share so many pictures than the whole of humanity did in 18, the 1800s, <laughs> we had to just bring this one up. This is uh, the expert side of, wit of it. And I think for me, what I love is that we can still focus on both. There's a professional side of it, but because of the fact that we are doing so much already, why not? We might as well, right? So according to um, expert photography, um, only a million a few million images were taken in the 80 years uh, leading up to the first commercial camera 
1999, Kodak reported that we had actually taken approximately 80 billion images. So the estimate is just that, let me give you guys the facts before we move. The estimate is that seven, we share 730 billion images a year on Facebook, 255 billion on WhatsApp, and 22 billion on Instagram. This is just Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp. We haven't even gone on. But anyway, um, before we come to you, Edgy, could we open up the lab for some questions? Because I know that there are a couple of callers on queue. Um, and we can just take these questions one by one. I'll, I'll come back to you just now. Greetings. Uh, great show as usual. I'm loving every single second of it. Now, my question today is based on photography. Photography is such a big thing these days, simply because every single person can take a picture from their smartphone. Now, this leads me to my question. I want to find out from you, do we really need the photography industry anymore, or is it something that is slowly dying down? All right, I know that we don't have... Hmm. We don't have a Don or a Georgia or an Emmanuel here, but we have Edgy and me. <laughs> so Edgy, again, I think let's start with you because you know my response and what direction mine normally goes. So let's start with you. Do you think that the photographers are still necessary or not? What are your two cents to our caller who's asking, do we actually need them? And that's a quite valid question because of the fact that everywhere you turn around with the sort of stats that I just shared on how many pictures we share and just this is like bi this billions of pictures do we still need the photographers could you respond to this uh uh caller or not i'm going to i'm going to speak purely from purely from a designer point right so when you design an item you have a vision in your head and that vision needs to come out and once the dress is made then the, the real thing is how do you actually show this vision and then then you have to take a picture of this dress. So it's not just a picture. It's you creating this vision. And so in, you need a photographer who understands the emotions of your idea. You know, that's why a photographer is super important. Yes, we all take pictures, but can we capture the emotions of my idea of the design? So, so are you saying that despite the smartphones and all of the everything that is so accessible to people because of the amount of photos people just can stop taking, we still need them? No, the smartphone is just a tool. A, photo a photographer, a fashion photographer can take a picture from his phone that just tells a totally different story from what a normal everyday person would take a picture of that dress. So you do need that language. You do need you know, you need fashion speak in this in this photography. So that's why I think the photographer will always be vital, you know, just like the stylist would be. I agree. Yes, I agree with you, Edgy. I think for me, um, and like I said, first of all, I'm a purist. So I believe that everything I want, I want to do properly in the best way possible, in the, in the most authentic way possible. And I also believe that everybody, when it comes to our skills and our offerings or influences within... Um, our industries there's definitely a role for everyone so again I believe that the photographer needs to do his job because he's a photographer because he is there is no if I was a photographer then I would do his job but I don't even I'm not even sure if I want to pursue any more things in my life anyway just generally just saying but I think that the role of a photographer is really important and I think like Edgy said I think again I back you up on the fact that you said what they capture and how they capture that story that's what makes them them. So we can still be creative when it comes to making photos, but 
I think everyone with your smartphones knock yourselves out. When I travel these days, I don't even carry my cameras. I carry my smartphone and I work it and I do my whole thing around and I don't really necessarily take photos for my photo shoots for my collections, but I do um, a lot of nature photos and stuff and I really love my smartphone for that. But I am not a photographer. Next question. We've got another question on the line. Hi, my name is Londiwe from Wamashu. So my question is around Photoshop. Basically, how much is too much when it comes to over-perfecting and over-modifying the bodies of models and, you know, social media personalities and influencers? So how much is too much and are there any regulations? Uh, because the reality is that is not the real... Um, body or you know yeah that's not the real body of of people so it sort of leaves a bad impression on the young girls to now strive for this perfection that doesn't really exist so are there any rules and regulations for this or is it just out there Londi way I'm sorry to be the bearer of the bad news but it is just out there unfortunately you look at how uh, when I look at makeup tutorials for example I, if I see one more makeup tutorial I'll fall over except Bali's <laughs> no I'm just saying it because when you want to talk and I can understand Londi way I understand your concerns when it comes to Photoshop and when it comes to how much is too much but I think that is literally on the hands of the beholder and the bearer I don't think it's something we can really um, really influence at this point and i don't know what you think about edgy i'm coming to you but i think that because of the fact that the world everyone every woman every other woman wants to look like kim kardashian or like a doll i don't know what people look like i can't keep up anymore people look so different these days you know i have to be like hi alice i'm not alice and i'm like ah nancy so i just want to say that everyone wants to look the same and i think that that is a reflection of sort of where we are and it's like if that is what's happening in the makeup world or the cosmetical beauty world, then obviously look at what's happening in photography with Photoshop. And I think that there's been a couple of um, personalities in the past who have really um, put their foot down and said, you know what, I'm going to be on the cover of this magazine and I don't want any of my body parts or anything to be manipulated to fit your freaking standard, which is great. You can put your foot down. But at the end of the day, I honestly think to each their own dot com. Now for everyone who... I'm telling you, this is not something we can control. I can't control it. Edgy, you can't control it unless you want to tell me you can. Come on, tell me. Tell us how you can control it. No, I don't think you can control it. But, but something is happening just like you said. I think attitudes around it are also changing just because now, because of social media, designers or brands can find their exact customers you know they're exact people and they use them without makeup they use them without any augmentation on their on their catalogs on their on their websites and so it's beginning to 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 dumb down the effects or, or the need for this all over over augmentation and everything in terms of photoshop so they are the, the crowd has wisened to it already also people can really tell automatically if a picture is overworked on you know so attitudes around which it, people edgy i mean who cares are you serious which world are you living in like do you think people will be like oh my god i've just seen edgy's picture and it's photoshopped edgy you've got an extremely over photoshopped photo in fact i'm going to share it on twitter right now i know something. right but I saw then, that, right? but, that, but I what i love i know but listen and everyone know but what i was going to say to you edgy is i love that picture if francisca was here she would say i adore 
that picture. I adore that picture because it's um. So because I know what you look like, and I don't know, maybe it's the illusion of looking like some sort of alien. And it, and I'm like, I know him, and it, and it's just fascinating to me. That picture is like literally. I'm gonna, I wanna blow it up and put it in the bedroom. No, maybe I'll put it in the kitchen. But, you know the funny thing, I didn't know that guy when I saw that picture. I was like, who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking, you know. So yeah, I mean, I think attitudes are changing around it. But you're right, though, Liz. Uh, there's and also Photoshop has gotten super technical now. It's gotten super sophisticated on how they do it. So it's it's also getting even better. But is it is it really good? Is it really influencing a lot of people? I think now it's harder to tell. So maybe the influence is not that. Hard. Not as harsh as it used to be when it was new and everybody. <laughs> Listen, Lodiwe, who just um, brought up that question, that was a very good question. But Lodiwe, this is a really personal thing. But also, it's like we are moving with the wave and the world. And unfortunately, there's things we just can't do. It's gonna be like sit down and in the corner and drink your wine because I'm telling you, you won't be able to get into this one. But the one thing I have to say is, I actually find people saying when I say, share pictures, when I share like my blaze blaze pictures for like an interview or something people say oh my gosh do you have like do you have any like a more professional i'm like pro for who <laughs> can you believe when i send them my clean pictures they say do you have another professional picture i'm like what is professional and then i realize ah you want the photoshop okay hold on and the good news is i have so many photoshop pictures i personally do not like photoshop uh but i like when i from a creative perspective i like i like to be fascinated and i like to see a difference without it looking bad so if i'm if i'm getting given a photo of edgy like the one we're talking about edgy and it's actually done in such a way that it's such a it's guys let me just send you that picture do we have any other colors on the line hi my name is Cecilia, and i'm in pretoria Zakia shared some great tips on how to achieve the best makeup looks when getting ready for your photo shoot, like running an ice cube across your skin to close up your pores. What other tips and do's and don'ts can Zakia share with us? Thank you. Hmm. Seseto, I love your question. The only thing is we have I'm going to have to be again the bearer of bad news. Zakia is not with us in studio today. However, we're going to share this question um, and we're going to have her sort of um, tweet it out on a response. Also, maybe share it on uh, Instagram, um, but just as a response. So we've got your contacts and details, but we will share this. I'm not a makeup and beauty consultant. I am not a makeup beauty person. Edgy, did you go through your uh, degree or are you still like me? No degree? Can you respond or no? No. Okay. <laughs> and and Bali in the studio, can you respond or no? Um, I can. I think. Oh, okay. Okay. We <laughs> oh, have. A, we okay. All right. I think. Um, how you can get photo shoot ready is take care of your skin, because what's underneath the makeup needs to be good, so that what they put on top also looks good. So I say, take care of your skin. Take care of yourself. Drink lots of water. Have a good skin routine, and then when they put on the makeup, it only enhances what is already there. That's from me, and that's not from my degree, Liz. Uh, I was just gonna say, guys, I don't know about that one because I drink lots of. I don't drink water. I rarely drink water. 
So how do you stay this? But I just want to say, are there any other people who drink water and their skin glows in the house? Edgy, do you? Let's just get a show of hands because then that means that we can go with that for now. I, I have been told to drink a lot of water. <laughs> it's good for okay, yeah. guys, you know what? Bali, thank you for that. I mean, the whole ice thing that Zakia brought up mm. with the photography was interesting to me. That's water on the face. And then now you're telling us to also hydrate from inside. So I guess it's the beauty from the inside out, guys. But that's it. That's that's cool. Um, and we'll also get Zakia to share any more extra tips on that. But thank you, Mbali. All right. So now we want to move bo- move on to fashion in film and television. That was also a very interesting uh, conversation. Uh, we had Sawita, which was Bongani and Pulani Sibeko. We also had South African actress Kim Cloet, and we had Rebisa Singh from The Real Housewives of Johannesburg. Um, now, I think for me, one of the biggest things is as we were talking, and it's interesting that when we sit around this table, we can all come with our different insights, but it's nice when you have the professionals in the different um, spheres on, of influence, you know, who also play within that space that also bring in extra elements that you never have even have thought about. So understanding fashion and how we can actually frame a character is a seriously vital component when it comes to film production. Um, I think when we go back to what Elsa said, uh, Elsa Schiaparelli, who's the couturier and designer of Surreal Hats, she said the film fashions of today are your fashions of tomorrow. And that is the, again, yin-yang situation. Gosh, there's so many yin-yang situations with fashion and, and things but that is a really great connection because it means that this film um uh, has a big impact on fashion just as much as fashion has on it so it's a so it's, it's it sort of crosses both ways you think about this from the 1920s through through to the 1940s and you have you know relatively few fashion designers who sort of demeaned themselves by working um for moving pictures which is film they called that moving pictures then and you can think about one of the most notable uh, parisian exports who is coco chanel amongst other infamous um, fashion brands today these are the people who started the film behind the scenes costume design they weren't even called fashion designers i think they were just called costume designers then um it's also sort of um interesting to see their evolution we actually talk about uh, that a lot on this show uh, around uh, film uh, television and the role of fashion in it. Um, I also think that one of the biggest things we touched on was how the roles play in this. So, for example, it's the duty of the writer and the costume designer to sort of enforce that palette of the costumes to follow the mood of your TV production or your series or whatever it is that you're shooting for. Another thing that was also interesting is how when the styles of clothing, obviously, because they are a reflection of that character's persona, uh, their social behavior, their personal problems, this uh, reflection through their clothing actually evolves with them as they evolve. So that was also, I thought, was a really um, interesting um, part of understanding this. The knowledge of fashion and how helpful it actually is in film production is, is a big thing. I mean, whoever thought that when you get into film production, someone will be asking you about your fashion knowledge. So I think that there's so many different elements of um, this industry and its relationship with fashion that we really got to uncover and unpack. But I want to roll this over to our We've got some few questions, some few uh, questions on cue. Can we get the first um, caller and let's just unpack this. Hi, Fashion Lab peeps. This is Kendall from Johannesburg. So you mentioned that there are some colors and prints that, um, you know, we have to stay away from. And this is 
or this was on your show about fashion in film and television. Now, can you just elaborate more on what those colors are and what exactly those prints are that we should stay away from? Thank you, Kendall. I think that that's a very big question, Kendall. I think you're definitely on the wrong number. No, I'm playing. I'm not playing. I'm playing a little bit, Kendall. But I think that one of the things I would say, Edgy, I'm going to throw it back to you, but I know that from a... From uh, from the fact that I have, I do a lot. I'm not an actress or anything. I just know that I get up behind the screen a lot. And because of that, I know that, you know, one of the rules was always, please do not wear lines or do not wear heavy, extremely heavy textured prints. And I think that, I don't know if that's still the case or the cameras are smarter than they used to be. But that's a question that for those who are listening, if you have the expertise on this, please share with us. Otherwise, what we'll do is also sort of roll this question over to some of our production guests who are here on the show for this topic and sort of let them share with you um, on Twitter or on the social um, media. But Edu, do you have any thoughts besides the heavily textured and lines? Do you have any other um, sort of specifics around what it is that one cannot wear behind the camera? Oh, and it's not cannot, it just does something. Oh, I know they also say green. Don't wear green. I don't know. I think now, now everything is so sophisticated. You see all kinds of colors. So I think it's just where the technology is with, with movie and, and, and all of those image production. So I wouldn't know as much, but from what I see, I've, maybe the technology has gotten so much better that a lot more colors are out there, multicolors, all kinds of things are out there. But it may have to do with the technology as it is grown now. Uh, let's get the next caller on the line, please. Hi, FebFem. My name is Sine Temba from the Eastern Cape. I just want to ask how important it is to maintain and remain consistent with the personality of a character when creating their wardrobe looks, especially when the character is transitioning from different stages of their lives. That's a very good question. Thank you for that. As I've just mentioned just now, um, briefly, is uh, one of the things we unpacked on the show, and this was unpacked by Sawita, uh, which was uh, brought in by Bongani and uh, Pulani Sibeko. They actually unpacked a bit of this uh, when it comes to how the wardrobe actually evolves as the character evolves. So, yes, it's very important. And I think that from a production perspective, for more information about they how they do this, I think this is something that we can, again, get them to sort of um, share some extra insights with you. We will put this up on our Twitter at Fashion Lab AF, and we'll also maybe put this on Instagram or Facebook or wherever it is that you can actually find us and find that information. But yes, when the character evolves, the wardrobe evolves. That's crucial. Otherwise, we'll be talking to Alice in Wonderland in, 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 in Metropolis. I don't know. Like I'm just saying, I don't know. But yes, let's roll over to the other person. There's another. Is there another caller on the line? Yeah. Hi, my name is Beauty. I'm from Zimbabwe. I would like to know what are some of the things to look out for as a wardrobe stylist for a film and TV production in Africa in this day and age. Like, how far can you take it, especially in a reality TV, because of how collective we African can be. Thank you very much, Beauty, for being bold and beauty. Um, right now, I have to say to you that um, it's a great thing that, you know, everything also sort of interweaves. Um, when we spoke about or when we brushed through styling earlier, we spoke about some of the really important elements. And I think styling from a production perspective, if you're going to be on set and you're going to be working with 
um, the production, then obviously you're going to have to be, first of all, have a strong ba- background in styling. And, and through that, then you're able to discern or to understand uh, how to put in the looks, what colors to avoid. I mean, the mood and the set when it comes to the film or the series you're shooting or whatever it is, because there's all of that to sort of consider. So I think you'd have to really have a strong um, background in styling and then you have to look at body shapes, you're going to have to look at skin tone, you're going to have to look at personality of this whole character because everything is evolved around the character. The era of the time that they're shooting this thing in, if it's a 1940s then you have to go back into sourcing 1940 pieces. So I think it's something that really you have to be in line and like I said again, what was cool about um, the conversation in styling was the fact that you know you have, uh, as a stylist you work uh, with the editor or with the writer you work with them because they. you also have to see what they're developing through their stories and how they develop their stories. You also develop the character through um, fashion and through uh, the style element of it. So, again, that show is very, very um, informative. So you have to maybe, I will say, I will refer you back to go and listen to that podcast around styling, but also listen to this particular podcast around film um, and uh, TV when it comes to fashion and their relationship. So that is that was the film uh, television fashion relationship, and like I said, for you guys, find it on fashionlabafrica.com or iTunes or SoundCloud. Uh, again, share with us your thoughts. Very informative, especially for production. If you're in production and you're looking at how to be able to bring this to life, this is your time. Uh, on the Fashion Lab Top Three of that particular. Um, uh, episode uh, we spoke about time period we spoke about characters personality we spoke about color choice and we spoke about character transition which are some four key elements that you can also think about uh, while you're getting into that and that also responds to beauty as well anyway moving on the last show to recap from was the show from last week where we were sort of touching base uh, and sort of looking at the east african fashion uh, market uh, specifically kenya joined by founder of the designer studio wanjoke nyoike mugo and joined by fashion correspondent for the designer um, studio, Natalie Kimani. Now, this show was last week, so it's not too far. Uh, for those of you who may have not missed it or may have not got into it yet, it's still up there. You can find it. Uh, we love the fact that I thought it's also great when TDS actually intends to inspire um, meaningful, meaningful con- uh, conversations. I think what they want to do is also help contribute to the industry and perhaps encourage Kenyans or the Kenyan fashion market to keep pushing for an economically viable, strong, yet impactful um, local industry. So we spoke about this thing. We spoke about the TNC industry in Kenya, which has a great potential um, to sort of serve global, domestic and regional markets from its pool of fashion designers and tailors. Tailors, again, guys, I say to you, tailors is a big thing in the continent and we can't knock them off. We can't be mad at them. The sooner we start smiling with them and go to bed with them, the better we're going to be. So the textile and clothing sector also has sort of been identified in Kenya's Vision 2030 as a pathway to industrialization. Um, Truly, they say Kenya actually has a great um, economic potential, so maybe this is the reason. Um, Edgy, I also love the fact that we spoke about this and you opened it up a bit and... um, we touched on manufacturing, we touched on the EPZ, which is the export processing zones and sort of the impact that they have as much as they are focusing on uh, pushing uh, production for all of these big multi-billion brands. And then you look at the GDP in Kenya and you look at the situation and, you know, sort of compare notes and try to figure out what is it that can be done differently to be able to get better results. For me, my, um, my position remains the same. I think we have to see the value of it just because it allows us to work with 
foreign companies, you know, who may be like fabric manufacturers or, uh, or garment manufacturers. Uh, we can actually, through the EPZs, bring like a fabric mill to, to an EPZ in Africa or a manufacturer to relocate to, to Africa, especially where in areas where Africa has the manpower, because we don't have manpower in every aspect, but there are some aspects where we have manpower and we have raw materials, like actual fabric mills. I feel like we have the raw materials. We may not have all the manpower, but that manpower is trainable, you know? So that's why I feel like the APZs are, are huge in terms of how they can help us grow the industry, not just design itself, but all the ancillary things that design needs, like, you know, the fabrics, you know, the textile guys, the, 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 the factories that make the garments, you know, all of those areas could really grow around us. And when those areas grow, then we grow because those are capabilities that we need, you know? Yeah, so for me, that's my take. I think we should celebrate that some governments are looking at that. Thank you, Edgy. That's a thing that's very insightful. Uh, Ma Madame Bali. Yes, Queen. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think that it'd be nice for you to share any two cents around what you've sort of heard us talking about. You were not in the topics, you were not in the conversations, but you sort of had us talking a bit, and I think that it's interesting to hear. Do you have any questions? Do you have any comment? Do you have any parting shots of this mm. recap show before we move on to one of my favorite segments? Um, I think um, there's a lot, there's a lot to learn, and I feel like um, as Africans, um, th there's a lot of work that we still need to put in to sort of catch up with the rest of the world because a lot of things are happening out there, and we're we're trying, but I mean, time is not really on our side, you know. Um, so I think that um, in terms of photography, in terms of um, music and film, we we need to up it a level. We need to put pedal to the metal and accelerate it so that we can catch up because everything is in Africa everyone everyone wants to be in Africa so we just want need to position ourselves appropriately and make sure that our work ethic our standards our fashion our music everything is on par and and we use what we have in our identity because that's what makes us cool that's what makes us different to the world so instead of trying to um, go with the flow only dead fish go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> Only dead fish go with the flow. I think we should pave our own way and we should um, be our own pioneers and let the world follow us. But you know what? It's really great to have you. And it's great to have uh, insights coming from your end as well. Edgy, what do you think? <laughs> I think Bali oh. just dropped the microphone. You know what, guys? This is Fashion Lab. Um, we are laughing because we are happy people. Happiness is your inside job, honey. I don't care what's happening. I don't care if it's storming. In Africa, here we laugh. We eat good food. We wear good clothes. We smell good. And we're just happy. We've got an aura. Uh -huh. We've been talking um, with um, Bali here, who's our Fashion Alert um, contributor. We've been talking with Edgy Benson. Uh, with his echoes from New York and um, we're just talking about so many different elements of the last 
five shows that we've had sort of recapping and sort of bringing you know highlighting some of the um, bits and pieces that you might have missed on the shows so I hope that it's working for you I hope that you like it and if you like it download it or tune into it when you get a chance if you haven't uh, we are on fashionlabafrica.com you can also tune in on iTunes um, SoundCloud Google Play uh, and share your thoughts with us we want to hear from you now let's roll over to that beautiful wine style um, did I say something it's time for your wine style guide Brought to you by Liz Ogunga Wines. All right, we're going to start with um, our new guest here in studio because, um, honey, we've got the wine. Actually, I don't know if Edgy should guide you. I don't know which one's worse, leaving you in the cold waters or letting Edgy guide you. Okay. No, 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 no. You start. So wine style guide is just basically you saying what it is it's like a do's and don'ts or it's like tips around how to drink wine or how mm-hmm. to enjoy wine so what is your wine style to get uh, Bali we start with you my wine style is um, I love um, drinking wine with my friends when we're having a very chilled out afternoon so um, I like my wine cold and I like white wine which wine because you know you can't have red wine cold yes. chilled Chilled, uh-huh. yeah, chilled. Uh-huh. Um, well, I'm not a wine extraordinaire like you, <laughs> but it's not about that. It's just about also sharing what you would like. Whether you know, with Edgy, we've been bugging him a lot because he actually doesn't drink wine, and then he keeps telling us, "I don't." I'm like, please, that's not the point. I beg, focus. <laughs> Focusing means that you actually just come up with whatever it is that your wine do or wine don't. Mm. You know, so for me, mm-hmm. um, I love wine when if I'm relaxing and I'm going to be at home with my friends and I'm not planning to go out because if i am planning to go out wine makes me very very sleepy (laughs) so my wine do is drink it at home if you're trying to have a relaxed chilled afternoon and wine don't don't drink wine and then go out because then i will just want to go home (laughs) so that's my wine do wine do (laughs) all right well thank you very much edgy we are coming to you what is your wine style guide today and do not tell us what you don't do because we know everybody know already about your situation so don't tell us that one please let's just go straight okay this week i was studying how you pour your wine and at what point that you stop right so you never fill up your wine glass so i i you know i was thinking you could just fill it up and gulp it down but you know it says you can't fill it up i love you you know what i love i'm really proud of you again because you're really learning a lot and so I'm very proud of you and I want to tell everyone as well that you know Edges come a long way with this wine style guide. There's a time where he would fumble for like and mumble for like about 10 minutes and be like okay Edgy we need to move on. And now he's so precise he's even studying. So I love it. I just Thank love it. Thank you. Yeah. So um I think today my wine style guide will be very short um because you guys are doing well Edgy you're really doing well so <laughs> Bali is here. She'll catch up. Honey, you can also Google sometimes if you don't know, but trust me. Today, my wine style guide is around um, investing in good stemware or investing in good accessories. Let's just say that. So I think that the whole thing about wine is it's great when you have a wine uh, party or you have a dinner party and you have wine as the key element of it. And you walk into someone's house and the wine is being poured by the bottle and it's dripping on the side and I'm just going to have a heart attack if I see one more thing. And the glasses are t- 10 different styles of glasses. Some of them have short stalks. Some of them are even flutes. Some have been mixed up. Some I don't know the child broke. I don't know what's happening. 
And then as I'm slowly getting a temperature, my temperature is rising, <laughs> then there comes like another situation where they decide, okay, fine, they actually left the red wine in the fridge. I'm like, for who? Why did you chill it? And then the situations come. So guys, honestly, all I'm saying is invest in good wine accessories. It really makes that experience uh, a bit more plush and uh, it's an experience. Wine is an experience. Experience it, guys. That's my two cents for the wine cell guide today. Send me yours. Let's compare notes. Now we're rolling to my favorite segment at the end of the show because we're now there. And we hate to say goodbye, guys. Ooh, would you want a dress? <laughs> uh-huh. Who would you want a dress? Now, again, this is very complicated in Bali. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to start with you again because it's just the three of us. Who would you want to dress and why? If, if you're given the opportunity, whether they can't wear or can't dress or whether you want to save their lives or whether you, they're so good that you just want to dress them. Um, I think I would like to dress Entle <coughs> Mlotra. I think I'd like to dress her. Um, you don't oh, know okay. Who, who's that? <laughs> Entle Mlotra, actress, uh, Black Coffee's wife. Ah. ah. Ex-wife. <laughs> well, they're in the process, so it's not <coughs> not final yet. They haven't stamped on it. But yeah, I'd like to dress her. I think she's got a beautiful body. I think she's got all the right assets and all the right features. And I think she would just be a pleasure to dress. Um, yeah, I think she could, can carry it. She's, yeah, she's got it going on. So it would really be <coughs> easy to dress her, but also I, I like the fact that she's willing to go out there. She's not very safe in what she wears. If you saw her outfit at the Glamour Awards, she did not play it safe. So that's what I'd like to do is to just take it there with her. Mm, that's big. who I dress. Big things are gone. Okay, Edgy, <laughs> who would you want to dress today and why? And please, it's not me and it's not Mbali and it's not yourself. So please, let's just focus. I'm sorry, I'm going to totally disappoint you because this one, I thought about it since all week, so you can't take it away from me. It's cold in New York, so all I'm thinking is long coats, knee-high boots, and I'm thinking you, please. That's the girl I want to dress. Hey, I can dress my own star, right? You said I can dress my own star. I'm dressing my star. <laughs> is there anything else you want to add on that? Because I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I'm done. That's my mic drop. <laughs> All right, Edgy. I'm flattered that you want to dress me, actually. So I just I don't mind it once in a while, but when you start doing it over and over again, I don't like people who like I don't I like. Gave you, I gave you a year. Okay, Edgy. I'm glad you understand me. I'm just saying I get bored. So when you pay too much attention to me, it's annoying. But like, if it's once in a while, I can take it. So thank you for that. Yeah, this, has been, <laughs> this is the first this year. Okay, Edgy, I'll let you slide. I'm not sure if it's the first this year, but okay. Well, thank you very much. Today, I want to dress Iman again, supermodel Iman, because she's aging so gracefully, and there's something so graceful and so beautiful about her, and so effortless, that just makes you want to throw on some Lisa Goomba something into her, whatever it is, and she'll just work it. So that's who I want to dress today. For those of you who are tuned in, who would you want to dress and why? Talk to me, honeys. Um, in the meantime, share with us who you want to dress and why. But um, this is the show uh, where we sort of dissect these conversations around uh, the business behind fashion. We are looking at uh, the time and uh, it means that the time is actually telling us something. It tel tells us that we are pretty much just about done here today. But before we pull out of the studio 
please feel free to connect with us on fashionlabafrica.com. Um, for anyone who wants to sort of share in conversations, if you want to uh, contribute, if you want to share your thoughts, whatever it is, uh, feel free to email us at info, email us at info at fashionlabafrica.com. We've also got a blog on Fashion Lab Africa. If you want or you care about contributing or being a guest blogger, please reach out to us as well. The blog is fashionlabafrica.com slash blog. But um, we just want to know what you want, you know. We are at your service by Fashion Demand. Um, I would like to get parting shots from Edgy um, before we leave. I'll come to you um, and then we can go uh, home. No, I think for us, because we've had such incredible discussions over these whole five episodes, and each of them is so important for us, I think for me, what stands out the most is just the need for us in Africa as, as a core of arts arts people whether we're in design or or music or or whatever art we are in to collaborate and create like uh critical mass you know the more of us that interchange our skills and work for each other the more we're going to influence each other's spaces you know i think that's what we really need to to be big enough so that other people can come in and play with us and help us grow. Thank you very much. Um, uh, do we have anything for you to say goodbye to? Or <laughs> any parting shot from you in Bali? Africa, keep on rising. Hmm. Rise, Africa. Yes, sir. Guys, I'm so proud of you and I'm so proud of... Uh, for those of you who are tuned in, we love your insights. Thank you for those who've been able to boldly just... Um, engage with us today has been a really full engagement show so it's been and it's different from what we do every um every other week so i think this was really great and it's also good to see where your minds are because like i said we can talk about something all day long here but sometimes it takes three or four more minds to sort of apply themselves to whatever it is we are talking about to sort of open up our minds and to have us think about it a bit more broadly so we appreciate that for those of you our listeners who've been tuned in and who continue to tune in to fashion lab thank you very much we've been in business since 2014 and i call this our social responsibility because um for us to be able to see the change that we want we have to be able to play uh, you have to take responsibility uh, you have to do something about it and we are doing something about it here so i hope that you can also do something about it before i revoke your passport too. but anyway your african passport <laughs> but anyway guys it's peace and love until next week uh everything you need to know is on fashionlabafrica.com as we roll out with this music bizu fashion lab africa real conversations real fashion